This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, my name is Dan Leahy. I'm co-founder and CEO at Makersites. Uh, what makes me so excited about what we're doing in the industry and the opportunity in the industry is, is really providing creative talent at retail brands with access to their end consumers and access to tools to help them make better decisions, which both makes better products for the end consumers, but also reduces waste um, and creates a more sustainable retail ecosystem. What if you could bridge the gap between what brands think consumers want and what consumers ultimately purchase. How powerful would that be? Well, coming up, you'll hear from a company who tightly aligned to the retail calendar has an AI-driven technology that partners with product teams to inform and de-risk decision-making through the go-to market process from early stage conception to line planning and sell-in. Fashion is your business host, Natalia Makalova, was on location at Remode Conference in Los Angeles. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location. Welcome to Fashion is Your Business podcast. It's Natalia Makulova, and I'm the founder of Balanced Fashion, fashion tech and sustainability consulting company. And we're on location at the Remote Conference NLA. And here with me, Dan Leahy uh, from Make, Maker Site. Um, and welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me, Natalia. Uh, so, Dan, we met at another conference, and I came up to you and I said, Thank you for mentioning sustainability in your presentation. Um, and uh, the reason why I did that, because at that particular conference, there was really nothing about sustainability or about sustainable business development um, in a way of like circularity or conscious uh, consumption. Um, I'd like to know about your company a little bit from that edge and that perspective. Um, and of course, generally, what's your role there currently and when did you start it? Sure. So I'm a co-founder of Makersites and serve as the CEO. Um, what Makersites does is we allow um, the creative sides of retail brands to engage with their end consumers at mm -hmm. different stages of bringing a product to market to kind of understand which products resonate with a consumer um, and which don't and, and use that information to make more of what consumers like and less of what they don't. Um, and what's exciting to me about the business is we get to bring state-of-the-art data science and predictive analytics to really harness the creativity and leverage to like the most creative folks in the industry, which have great energy, and, um, but historically they haven't had great tools at their disposal. So we're excited to be providing this. Tell me exactly what your company does on a day-to-day basis right now. What's your focusing on? Sure. So we work with the product development and go-to-market teams at retail brands that we all know and love, um, primarily in apparel, footwear, accessories, and home. Um, and what we do is we plug into their product development process um, to help them de-risk the key decisions they make. So in the earliest stages, for instance, I might have a new idea of a trend or a theme, and I'm trying to understand, does that resonate with my consumer? Um, I don't just have to try and release a product and find out two years later, did it work? I can yeah. actually test with my consumers that day, get responses that hour, and use that to make sure the products I'm bringing to market are most likely to actually fill a need for a consumer. Um, and obviously, that has great financial benefits, but certainly sustainability benefits as well. 
How does it happen the same day, though? Yeah. That? Yeah. So what we found is that today's consumer actively wants to engage with the brands they care about. 80% of millennials and Gen Z consumers actively want to co-create with the brands that they care right. about. Um, and so you've got hundreds of millions of these consumers walking around with a smartphone in their pocket who know what they want to buy and are yeah. eager to engage with the brands they care about um, if a few criteria are met. That engagement has to be fun, it has to be fast, it has to be mobile-driven. Um, and so we help brands take advantage of that consumer as a resource in that process. So um, the, the reason we're able to do it so quickly is that you can reach out to a consumer. I'm walking off out of the airport at LAX. I get an email from a brand I care about uh, who says, hey, I'd love to get your feedback. I'd like to get your help. Mm. I click through. It's hosted on our platform. Mm. I then get to see some new ideas that they're working with. Um, and I indicate whether I like them or not. Uh, we then apply a bunch of data science to those responses, sure. and we can say, hey, based on how your consumers reacted, here's how we expect for them to ultimately sell. And they can use that information to make sure they're bringing forward products that consumers actually like. Cool. So you're basically creating an MVP for those companies to uh, quickly test, uh, which kind of makes me feel like these companies are now seen as technology companies or... Yeah, like they take that lean methodology and create a better and faster and... Quicker, yeah, quicker, quicker product development process. That's, that's a perfect analogy. Cool. I think experimentation mm -hmm. around physical goods is, um, in a nutshell, what we're doing. And right. it is something that technology has been doing for a long time. The website you're looking at is being tested in a million different ways. But historically, it's been really hard to do that with consumer products. Absolutely agree. There's so much room for improvement there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and tell me a little bit about the type of cu customers you work currently with, um, whether it's like a bigger brands, bigger retailers, or smaller direct-to-consumer niche brands? Yeah, so we've been around a little under four years now. Mm -hmm. um, and when we first started, we were almost entirely working with these digitally native direct-to-consumer brands. Um, I'd like to say that that was strategic. In reality, right. those were the people who, who would answer our calls when we were just starting off as a company. I understand. Um, but with those brands, we were able to kind of prove two things. First, we were able to prove that consumers actually did want to engage right. um, with the brands they care about. And secondly, we proved that consumers actually know what they talk, were talking about. There was a high mm -hmm. degree of correlation between what consumers said they wanted and what they ultimately went on to purchase. Um, cool. So armed with that information, we were able to, to really grow our business. And in growing that business, we're now serving uh, brands of all sizes. So we're working with over half of the largest um, footwear and apparel companies in North America. Um, but we run the gamut from those large companies all the way down to some small, nimble, fast-growing, digitally native startups as well. Wow, it sounds really exciting. I, um, I feel like it's the, one of those businesses of the future in a way, um, working hand-in-hand with, hand hand with uh, those like bigger brands that don't really need these kind of companies inside because they can focus on what they do best and outsource this type of like, technology slash data approach. Dan, tell me how big data uh, plays, uh, what kind of role it plays in uh, developing your company and where you see it going further. Yeah, it's a great question. So maybe, maybe even separate from our company, if you think about someone like Amazon, sure. part of the reason that Amazon has been so successful is they are constantly using data to improve. Yeah. Uh, and they're using data to improve how items are laid out on their site. They're using data to improve which products um, they should have on the site. They're even mm -hmm. looking at which products their third-party brands are selling well, and they might even create some of their own. So they're very data-rich, and they've been able 
able to grow very quickly because they, they take a data-first approach. If I'm an individual brand, I have access to a fraction of that information. I just know what's happening through my own direct channel. Mm-hmm. I probably don't even have great information about um, how my brand is being perceived and transacted right. with the wholesale channel. Um, and so part of where a company like us is valuable is we sit across close to 100 brands. We've tested tens of thousands of products across all of those it's brands. Data, yeah. And so we're able to develop a predictive model that can be shared across all of those mm-hmm. brands based on more products and data points than any one product, any one brand could have. Um, and so by, they're not Amazon and there's, there's, there's certainly challenges to that. But there's pros to that as well. They have a really unique product. They have an end consumer they're trying to understand and we can help them get some of the power that a, that a company like Amazon can bring, but actually um, use it directly for their business and not just for sure. a retailer they're selling through. Right, right. It makes sense. And what kind of data is it? Is it also, like, I know the value of visual data these days is pretty high. You know, visual recognition, uh, mm-hmm. startups are popping up like mushrooms these days. And mm-hmm. uh, um, what, what's the quality of the data, I want to say? That's yeah. the question. There's primarily two data sets we look mm-hmm. at. So um, we host the interaction between uh, brands when they're posting new products, future products mm-hmm. uh, through our platform, and they're getting customers feedback on that product. Um, we capture a ton of information through that interaction. Right. So we look at which consumers are looking at it. We look oh, sure. at demographics and psychographics of that consumer. We even look at how many pictures do they look at, how much time mm-hmm. do they spend on the site, how much variation do they have between the different products they see. I mean, if someone is going through and giving the same score to a bunch of different products, we actually weight them less. So yeah. we're gathering all of that data at the point of initial point of contact between products and consumers. And then brands share back with us how those products ultimately sell once they hit market. Got it. Um, and so that's what we're able to build the predictive analytics engine around is really rich data with tens of millions of data points around consumer interactions with product in the kind of concept stage. But then ultimately how those products, what really matters is how do they sell and do consumers actually buy them when it hits market. And so we pair those two to develop our predictive analytics. Right. I, I'm just wondering... As like a futurist uh, mm-hmm. in my heart, I, I want to see where that can go in the future and how it can develop. Do you have a vision of like an ideal scenario of um, a production cycle, for example, or a product development to uh, post-consumer something? Can you walk me through that somehow? Yeah, I mean, I think you listen to most CEOs or most executives at brands and they say they want to be data-driven and they say they want to be consumer-centric, but I think... Um, actually putting that into practice is difficult. Um, These processes are really well ingrained and people have been doing the same thing in the same way for a long period of time. Um, I think you're seeing with a challenging retail environment over the last two or three years, while Mm -hmm. it's it's been better recently, um, people are starting to rethink some of those assumptions about how um, data kind of plays a part in the process. And and we've seen even in our short kind of existence as a company, people's attitudes are changing. And I think um, two or three years ago, there were a lot of people who said, hey, I don't need any data. I was put on this earth to decide what consumers are going to want. Um, yeah. And you certainly see that for some couture brands. And yeah. like there, there's a place for that on the more kind of art part of the business. But there's a lot of the business that's a lot more commercial that probably is not being well served by that sort of attitude. And you're definitely seeing an openness today of, of brands who say, okay, I do want to um, incorporate this voice of the consumer. I just need to know how. And so a lot of what we do is is educating brands to say, hey, in this 
at this particular stage, when we're at this particular decision point, here's how data can help you. And it's not going to answer all your questions, but it'll answer this particular question. Fast forward two months and you're making your investment decisions, here's how we can help you in a little bit of a different way. And so that education is is really important. It is, totally. The education aspect of, yeah, it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, we're going to take a small break. And after that, we're going to learn a little bit more um, maker site in this at this conference at remote and um, some more questions. Do you love to laugh? Do you love great interviews with a lot of heart? Do you like good stories? Do you like to hear about life? Well, good news, because if you listen to a show called Funny People Talking, all of that happens, right, Danielle? All of it happens. Every single thing you said on that list and more. Elsie, does any of it not happen? It all happens. Come on, Elsie. It really happens. Okay, well, you should join us on Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network. You can find us anywhere. You can find a great podcast. And I know it's true because these people loved it. (laughs) Only for a short time while they were listening to the show, Then Life Sucked. Listen to Funny People Talking. Dan, we're at Remote Conference, um, and I met you on another conference. I'd like to know the value of conferences to you, and um, like, how do you choose them? What to, what to where to participate or not? It's obviously an investment. Um, yeah, I mean, from a high level, we we preach to our brand partners, and we try to eat our own dog food. That yeah. <laughs> um, you really need to learn from your end consumer, and totally. so we want to have our ear to the ground and understand what are the challenges that brands are facing, what are the solutions they're considering. Um, and how can we improve our product to better serve their needs? So at a high level, we're trying to do our best to to be constant listeners and, and constantly improving our yep. product. Um, I think generally in retail, there hasn't been, um, historically, there hasn't been a lot of information sharing. And so right. brands have been very um, private about their mm-hmm. information, private about what they're focused on. I think that stems from a world of 24 and 36 month product development cycles mm-hmm. and a catalog list that was very proprietary and very um, confidential. Um, and so as an industry, I think there's less best practices sharing than in technology, for instance, or um, some others. And so we look for opportunities where we can um, interact with like-minded folks. You find at a lot of these conferences or any conversations you have in industry, there's a lot of forward-thinking folks in technology who would love to trade notes with other people who are facing similar problems or might have found a solution to this thing that they're thinking about. Um, And we try to be a listener to that. We try to be a facilitator of that. We host dinners in in our key markets frequently with no real agenda, not trying to sell what we're doing, but more just to get like-minded people in a room and have some food and drink and and talk about what's on their mind. So we're making an effort to uh, to do more of that, and and conferences is a, a great way to see a lot of people in the same spot. Right. Yeah. And it seems like a role of community becomes more and more important these days. Um, uh, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people from New York just like flocked in here, down here. It feels like a field trip. Yeah. Um, It really feels like it is kind of a bubble, but not really. Um, Do you have any kind of insight? How do you spread um, the word in a way about your product or about your belief system or generally about the technology? Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's a hot topic at our company right now. Mm-hmm. We've we've grown a fair amount in the last few years. We're trying to think through scale. Um, 
a big part of it is word of mouth and it mm-hmm. is a relatively small sure. community. And so we'll have, I mean, it happens all the time where we have an executive at one company who's a happy user of the platform. Uh, she might leave to be an executive at a new company and all of a sudden we're yeah. in there and we have an advocate who says, hey, I've, I've worked with them. They're a great partner. Um, I saw some value with it. That's the ideal um, sort of handoff. And, and that, that happens totally. more and more. Um, so yeah, we, we really, I mean, word of mouth is big for us. Um, and then you start to have an understanding of where we can fit in specifically to businesses like theirs. And so um, and we, we're really strong in athletic footwear, for instance, we're working with right. um, most of the top uh, players in the world there. Um, and you just have a, you start to have an understanding of what are the specific unique challenges mm-hmm. that those people um, and brands in that space face, right. um, who are the key kind of partners for them, what are the key industry trends. And so you get this like density of understanding of a particular subcategories that then becomes really powerful and you can add incrementally more value to each one of those. So we're always looking for those pockets where we can be the best in the world at providing the sort of right. um, service and then um, provide that to, to more people within that space. Cool. Great. Thank you. Um, you're based in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of fashion tech companies that emerge there or, and then they either close or they move to New York, you know, East Coast. Um, and what holds you there right now? Yeah, so there's a few things. I think that the unique characteristics that the Bay Area has is... Um, I mean, fantastic academia. We have a number of Stanford professors right. who have invested in the company. Um, I had a graduate yeah. school there, and um, that's where the initial idea was hatched. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the um, the population of folks who have taken a software company and scaled it to right. to an IPO, there's that's just a, there's a density <laughs> in, in San Francisco that doesn't really exist anywhere else. And mm-hmm. so, whether that's recruiting data scientists, whether that's recruiting designers, mm-hmm. computer engineers, it's certainly a competitive hiring market. But there is a um, there's just a population of the specialty mm-hmm. um, functions that we really need. Um, and the other way we solve it is we're on the plane all the time. So I'm sure you whether are. it's to New York, whether it's over to Europe and, and to, to China and Japan, we are, we're constantly traveling. And mm-hmm. I think over time we will have multiple um, headquarters, um, yep. certainly to serve. We, we now have international clients um, mm-hmm. in most continents. Uh, but I think San Francisco for us is... Uh, um, it, it's home for us. Um, I know. It's where a lot yeah. of our yeah. where a lot of our uh, our talent comes from, and so uh, we try to make make the most of what the resources that, uh, that the area has. Cool. All right, then. Thank you. Um, we'll take another break, and we'll be back with uh, some more insights on who you are as a person, who Dan is as a person. There's so much talk about innovation today. Not all of it is real or relevant. Take time to listen to the Innovators podcast to discover real leaders and relevant disruptors changing the future of fashion, luxury, and retail everywhere. You hear candid chats weekly with executives, experts, and entrepreneurs from all around the globe. The Innovators podcast brought to you by The Current Global and produced with Mouth Media Network. Time for questions off the grid. With fashion is your business. Dan, if you haven't created your company, Maker Insight, what would you do? Yeah, so this is my this is my second company. And okay. I have caught that itch, so to speak. And so I think the idea of, of creating something mm-hmm. um, 
is so ingrained to how I think about myself, so right. ingrained to like where I get my energy that uh, I'd love to be doing that in some form or another. If I was if I was more talented, maybe I'd be a, a designer or a right. rock star or some other sort of kind of creative type. I uh, I think I, I know my uh, I know my weaknesses. I know my boundaries. So what, what really gives me energy is to be able to. Um, bring something that I do know a lot about, which is predictive analytics and building technology companies and use it to serve those, um, the creative talent throughout, um, right. not only North America, but kind of throughout the world and use that to kind of really build a better connection between brands and their consumers. I think that's a really exciting space in a way that I can yeah. pretend that I'm a little bit cooler than I am. It's being creative. We are all creative intrinsically. So it's the way that I find it my creativity out that could be through business that could be through working with creatives as mm-hmm. well and that's kind of a solution for me as mm-hmm. well I'd love to work with designers and I feel you um, awesome thank you Dan so much for being here for uh, your time and thanks for the audience uh, for your time investment in this interview and um, I want to say thanks again and I'll see you again soon This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.